Welcome to the Changing Minds Online Empowering Women series. It's Jessica. How are you doing tonight, Akina? I'm great. How about you, Jessica? I'm doing awesome. Thank you. It is an absolutely gorgeous weather we're having early spring here in New Jersey, and I'm so grateful, so grateful for this amazing, amazing weather. How about, how's it doing down there? Is it nice and warm for you guys, too, down in Nashville? Oh, yes. It's beautiful here as well. Awesome, awesome. Well, it seems like all around there's been a lot of amazing things happening. And we have a really great guest on our call tonight. We are super, super excited to have her on the call. When I first started about my journey of personal development, one of the first questions I was asked in the very first workshop I ever attended was, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? And whenever we're thinking about creating a business, we're thinking about taking our life to the next level, we know that the reason that we matter, the reason why that we get to live the life we want to live, the reason why, we, why we're making a difference is really because we're being in contribution. And through our actions, through our lives, and through whatever we create and leave behind, we're creating and we're leaving a legacy that will live and extend way, way beyond our years. You know, I was reading today... Um, Napoleon's Hill, Think and Grow Rich. I was reading a little bit of Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. These are people who, even though they're no longer with us, they're still affecting us every day because they've created a legacy. And oftentimes we think about the fact that it's only great historians that are creating a legacy, but it's just not true. Every one of us can create a legacy and does create a legacy. And tonight we have an expert on the call on how to really leave a legacy in a really powerful way. I mean, if something happened, God forbid, Akina, to one of us, we know that we've authored books, we've authored ebooks, we have courses, we have workshops, we have videos, we have all the content, all of these podcasts that we can leave behind. You know, these are our message to the world, and, and for, even for future generations, we'll know and hear what we have to say. And we think it's important that everyone has that opportunity to give the gift to the world of what their voice is and what they have to say and what they think. And it's something that's really, really wonderful to pass down. And with today, with technology, it's made it easier than ever to be able to do that. And that's why it was really exciting to bring on the call tonight someone who is really powerful in teaching us how we can leave our legacy behind. This person is an expert in sharing legacy through writing. She's the founder of Legacy the Lotus, and she's authored three books, Manifesting in High Heels, Mother Dreams and Success, and Her Story. She's also an amazing friend. She's a mother. She's a grandmother. She has a little um, baby granddaughter expected on the way. It's an honor to welcome Adrian Santana on the call tonight. How are you doing, Adrian? I'm doing great. Hi, Jessica. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you as well. And, you know, for anyone listening tonight, and one of the first questions that I think people come up with when they're talking and thinking about legacy is, well, me, really? I get to leave a legacy? Why would I get to leave a legacy? Who wants to hear what I have to say? And before we get into the the details of how to go about leaving a legacy, for anyone that's listening in and really not quite sold yet that this podcast is for them, that they're important enough, they matter enough to have a legacy and leave a legacy, speak to them a little bit. I'm sorry. Say that again because it was a little bit hard hard to hear. I apologize for that. 
Oh, no problem. I was asking if someone is on the call tonight and they're thinking, do I really get to leave a legacy? Is it, is this for me? You know, isn't that just for people that have higher levels of education and more degrees or more money or, or better positions in, in power? You know, is a legacy for everybody or is it only for some people? Absolutely. It is for every living being on the face of this earth. And I really do believe that. Um, it's funny that you asked me that question right off because, you know, one of one of my favorites, and I think he is my ultimate favorite, and I know that it sounds odd, but is um, the Dr. Seuss books. And, you know, something that a lot of people don't even realize is that when he started out, he was rejected 27 times before his first manuscript was picked up. And it was almost by chance or, yeah, I would say chance, um, that he had, uh, and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street, published. And he, he actually, the day that he signed the contract for that, was thinking about burning it because he had been rejected on it 27 times. <laughs> um, you know, and I often think of that and I reflect on that little tidbit about him because in my own life, as I'm sure in many people's lives, authors and artists alike, business people, entrepreneurs, um, no matter what we're doing in life, whether it's growing up or growing old, um, there are times where we feel like, doing that, you know, just burning the manuscript. But it is so important that we don't. And I often think about the gift that my own mother has given me, you know, talking on the phone or sitting over a cup of tea or, you know, going on a little shopping trip in the afternoon with her and just those bits of knowledge and understanding and wisdom that is her legacy to me as my mother and me as her daughter. That is something that I will carry on with me. But what a wonderful gift it would really be to have her words in writing, you know, to have them recorded, to have them bound, something that I could not only keep for myself but pass on to my children and their children. So I believe 100% everyone has a legacy to leave. Wow, Adrian, you know, that is powerful. You know, and people really don't think about those small, intimate moments as being part of their legacy. I know I recently lost my grandmother, and she used to give us all kinds of wisdom and knowledge just sitting there in front of the stove cooking or watching TV when it's sky high because she couldn't hear. But, you know, she would give us knowledge and she would give us wisdom, and now we all are sitting here looking back at those moments, even though we thought they may have been small at the time or we really didn't pay a lot of attention to them, now that she's gone, that is her legacy. And a lot of people don't really take, yes, they really don't take that into account. And so with that being said, how do you harness those special moments? How do you put those uh, together so that you could keep this uh, you know, ongoing for your children and your children's children? Well, <laughs> it's funny because the older that I've gotten, the more 
I do recognize those moments like you're speaking of, you know, when you're sitting in the kitchen, kitchen, you know, listening to your grandmother or your mother as you're cooking. And, and it's, um, I wanted to just make one little note. Cooking and food is what I consider a nonverbal language of love. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. (laughs) I don't know anybody who doesn't love food and the taste of it, but just the act of cooking and sharing in it and sitting over a family meal is just a language that we can all understand. But as far as harnessing those moments, you know, I came to a point where it actually started to overwhelm me because I realized how many of those moments we actually have in every day. And, you know, I found myself being inspired, you know, just in the middle of the day, whether I was driving down, you know, the highway listening to the radio or I was on the phone, you know, with my sister or even just sitting down, you know, quietly by myself, these little tidbits of thoughts and what really touched my heart would start to come, and they just seemed to come a lot quicker as I got older, and I learned to recognize them and appreciate them. And so for a while, I became really overwhelmed. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even keep up with my own inspiration. (laughs) And so one of the things that I started doing is, you know, I know it's old school. I know it is. But, you know, the little three-by-five cards to just jot down those notes and put it in a box. Or if you have to tear off, you know, a piece of paper or a napkin to jot them down and store them all in one place. Because even though they don't make sense at that moment, they will in the future. You can build them, you know, or build upon them or even um, bring them together to tell their own story. You know, my grandfather was famous for leaving my mother little notes in the morning. After my grandmother passed away, he moved in with my parents, and she would wake up every morning to her first cup of coffee, and there would be a little note on the counter saying, you know, what today's weather is and just some silly little tidbit, you know, good luck, break a leg, or, you know, sometimes something a little more sentimental. And she saved a lot of those. I I think she saved you know, once she started realizing what was happening, she saved pretty much all of them. And she's been able to sift through them and keep the ones that have meant the most. And for me and what I do, you know, that's an ultimate gift. But that's one of the ways of harnessing that. That's one of the ways of keeping it so that you don't lose it and that you you do have it to put together. Um Because sometimes when those inspirations are coming to us, it can be hard to build on them at that time. Sometimes we have to go back and revisit it to where we can, you know, really give it shape and form in a compelling way. You know, I love how you're talking about that. And, you know, all three of us are published authors, and it's easy for people to think, okay, well, I can't write a book or I don't have a message, I don't have a story, and therefore I can't really leave that legacy in behind, specifically in writing. Now, I don't believe that's true. I believe that everyone has a book within them and a story within them and something they're an expert about. But even so, you know, it doesn't require, in order to leave a legacy, that you do, like you said, that type of large you know, gesture. You don't have to have a best-selling book in order to leave a legacy. Sometimes it's those small things that mean the most to us. 
You know, for me, I have oftentimes I've received handwritten note cards from friends, from family members, and even just now having, you know, moved into my grandmother's house after she passed away and having been very close with her, you know, I still take out these cards that she gave me. And, and it's, for me, it's, it's emotional. It's, it's wonderful to read them. I remember her by them. And it's interesting you spoke about food. You know, I remember when my grandmother was first, really when she started to get sick and we used to cook together. And when one day I had um, with her and I said, Grandma, can you give me this recipe? And it was to rice pie that she um, was making. And she had, you know, said, well, I'll tell you what's in it and write it down. I said, no, I want to have it in your handwriting. And she did. She wrote it out for me. And I still have it and I still remember those moments and still when I miss her I can take it out and I can still know I had something from her by it but you know it's for all of us it, writing a note and just letting someone you know how much you, you love them in such a powerful way to leave that behind for them and it doesn't have to take a long time it could actually take just a minute one of the practices I've started recently, and many people who know me know that I often send handwritten note cards to my friends, and I typically don't miss my friend's birthdays. Akina is on the line. She will attest to the fact that since I've met her, she's gotten a handwritten note card every, a, a birthday card every year in the mail, a Christmas card, and I send these things out. And one of the practices I've gotten into recently, because the nature of, of my predominant business where I make most of my, my money and work full time is I have a lot of time in my car where I show up to appointments and I might have three minutes, two minutes, five minutes, and I'll write a note card to someone that I love and I have in my car, in my glove compartment at all times, I have just um, envelopes and there's with, with cards in them and they're already stamped. They have already my mailing address and name on them and they're written out to specific people, to friends. And, you know, I'll just make a list sometimes of 30, 40 and I'll just throw them in my car and then when I get somewhere, I might have only 30 seconds or one minute, but I can write out a note and just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I love you. I want you to know you've made this difference in my life. And then I put it in the mail, and I find myself almost every day doing this. And when you're thoughtful and you're, and you're organized about it and you're planning to do it, it doesn't take a tremendous amount of time or effort, but it can make such a dramatic difference and impact on someone's life. And I really love how you're talking about you know, creating that legacy in those moments and really it being those small gestures, those small handwritten note cards as, as you know, a, a powerful way to do it. You know, when we're thinking about legacy, how do you help coach people? And I know that you are, are really working with people to teach them how to create a legacy and help them determine what their legacy is that they want to leave behind. You know, how do you help someone determine what their legacy is? Well, you know, the only thing that I can do is really speak is to speak from my own experiences, you know, and the knowledge that I've gained over my own life. And what has always uh, worked for me, I mean, from the beginning, you know, from the very beginning, and there was a day where I had to sit down and say, you know, when have I found it? easiest to write when when have i found that inspiration to flow more freely when have i found myself becoming um at my most and and highest motivated self and you know because it all it always seemed to kind of be you know to fluctuate and to be random and i felt like 
well, I have to just wait until that moment hits me. And sometimes that moment just never seemed to hit me. And so I, I found myself sitting there and saying, wait a minute, you know, there has to be a better way, you know, because sometimes maybe that moment isn't just going to hit me for a few months. Um, so I sat down and I really looked at, you know, my experiences with writing. And, you know, even my thought processes, like I said, when that inspiration would flow and what I was doing and what I was thinking and, you know, um, what was going on in my life at that moment. And I developed an outline, believe it or not, and it pretty much works and carries me through everything that I do write. And it's an outline a little uh, unconventional (laughs) because, you know, Roman numeral one uh, says, you know, to have a good cry, to reflect and to feel and, and to ask yourself, you know, what is important and why is it important, you know, to when you're reflecting and feeling over things, you know, think about your struggles and your successes, what the consequences and the sacrifices, you know, the lessons and the benefits. Because really our legacy is it what is what is at the heart of us. It's at the heart of our lives. And it's what gives us that wisdom that we want to share with others. And so I made that like Roman numeral one. I mean, literally, it says, have a good cry, reflect and feel. You know, and that, that to me is just the core of it all. You know, the next steps from there, you know, like number two would be to let it go. You know, just don't sit and cry for an hour, you know, or two. I mean, if you feel like it and you have to, then go for it because I've done that. But, you know, I'm not saying to make it a a pity party, so to speak, but to just really get in touch with those emotions and the core of who you are and what your life story is, because that is your legacy. Wow. You know, you are putting this in such a context to where people are like, will be listening to this show and say, wow, I never thought of that as my legacy. I never thought of that as what I'm leaving behind. And, you know, the one mm-hmm. thing that I've noticed, when, especially when we were talking about our grandmothers and mothers and how people used to just leave things for us, we don't leave anything for our children. Everything is so microwave today. We don't sit down and tell the story about our history. We don't sit there and tell the stories about what's going on and uh, what went on in our family. We don't sit around and just have conversations to let people know what's going on in our lives. We don't do that connecting anymore. Everything is just so fast-paced. And that's when that legacy is really missed. You know, it's a lot of times when people are like, oh, I wish I would have had more time to learn more about this person. But they're gone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you are, and since we're going on this path, I just want to know from you, Adrian. You know, uh, we are both co-authors of uh, Motherhood Dreams and Success, and I say that because a lot of people read my chapter and they said, wow, that explains so much about you. Yeah. Wow, I want to know more. And that really started me to thinking, wow, 
Maybe I'm not giving enough of my legacy. Maybe I'm not telling people about what I do. Maybe uh, mm-hmm. I have people wondering so much. So if you are that person that is like hit with something like that, such as myself, what are the first steps to start getting that legacy out now? Well, the first step is, you know, for me, and I'm sure you know all of us, you know, like Jessica said, we're all authors. We're, we've all been published. And for me, the first step is just getting it down. You know, I really tell people don't worry, you know, so much about the rules of writing. The rules of writing are meant to be learned so that they can be learned how to be broken, you know. Um, right. So I tell them, you know, don't, don't worry so much about that. Get it down, you know, and then get into the heart of, you know, uh, I I don't even like using the word perfecting it, but, you know, helping it take form, you know, in a, in a creative but coherent, um, like, harmonious way. You know, I believe that there mm-hmm. are four four pieces to every piece of writing, you know, or four elements. It needs to be creative, you know, so that we can catch people's attention. Coherent, it has to have balance and harmony and flow from one sentence and one paragraph to the next. And captivating, you know, we have to captivate our audience's, you know, attention and, you know, their emotions and their thoughts. You know, if you, I use the, the example of driving down the road listening to, you know, one of your favorite songs or just listening to the radio, how many times do you find yourself either humming along or daydreaming as you're listening to this song? It's because the story in it, it captivates your mind. It provokes thought. And that Mm -hmm. is your final element. It's to compel your audience. So, you know, before you get into you know, really helping your writing take that form. First and foremost, I tell people just write it, you know, because nobody is going to be able to write it for you. I mean, you can hire ghostwriters and, you know, what have you, but even if you do that, they're going to want to hear it from you first because they have your legacy is unique to your experiences, your perceptions, your interpretations of those experiences. So, Nobody's going to be able to write it entirely for you. You have to get it down. You have to write it. First and foremost. Then worry about, you know, seeking help with syntax and the so-called rules of writing because that's the easy part. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yes, Adrian. You know, People really don't think a lot about that, about the flow and the mechanics. They just think, oh, I'm just going to write this book and this is going to happen and and, all, and then people are going to buy it. But they don't think about the flow and how mm-hmm. when the person reads it, they need to be swept away into the story. They need mm-hmm. to feel those emotions through those words. They need to be captivated by all the emotions that you're feeling uh, that you put into those words, that you have to know that flow. You know, you really and, you know a you, lot. Please. You really Please. touch on one of the keys that, I mean, I believe is, you know, 
the most powerful tool we have, and that's storytelling. Storytelling has been used for since the beginning of time. You know, we use it today. I mean, you look at the even the debates. I mean, my God, these people, when they hit one another at the debates, they're using personal experiences. They're, they're being creative. They're... They're telling a story about the other person. Now, whether that may be truth or <laughs> or not, you know, I guess is, you know, I don't know, up to whoever's listening. But the point is, is they're telling that story. And that will either evoke the, say, anger or compassion or passion, um in the audience, and that's what compels us to reach a a goal, you know, a desired goal. So, you know, that story that's behind our songs, the story that's behind the entrepreneur and their struggles and their successes of starting up that first business or that tenth business, you know, the consequences and the sacrifices that we make as parents and grandparents or even children because, you know, children we, you know, sacrifice for, you know, our families and our parents even. So, you know, the lessons and the benefits of just growing up and whether you're going to school or you're starting a new job, you know, there's a story in that. And that story is what is creative. It's specific. It's unique to each one of us. Um, And it is what captivates our audiences and compels them to reach a desired goal. Wow, Adrian! You know that was awesome. And we're about to, as we're winding down, I want you to give your takeaway to someone who is trying to find their legacy through writing. My takeaway to someone trying to find it. Um, <laughs> Well, I believe that we all know what our legacy is. Now, sometimes we may be afraid of that, you know, whether it be, you know, afraid of what people are going to think or say or do. Um, And that reminds me of Pat Conroy, who we just lost, sadly, because he was an author that I really felt like I could relate to because he had a poor um, upbringing or, you know, a not-so-pleasant upbringing. And one of the things that he said was that one of the greatest gifts that you can get as a writer is to be born into an unhappy family. And, you know, I imagine, and I know for myself, that sometimes diving into that isn't the most pleasant of things. It brings up feelings that, you know, we don't really like to experience. So I say that we all know our legacies, it's there. And sometimes it can be a little bit scary. Sometimes we may hesitate because we just don't know what the reaction um, is going to be around us or even what our own personal reaction is going to be. And I would just say, never mind them. You know, be like Dr. Seuss. Let them reject you 27 times. You know, even Pat Conroy's mother picketed his book signings, you know, and said, don't buy this book. Um, Because you know, he wrote about his personal his personal history, his experiences. He left his legacy to the world, and that's what we're going to do. And it's not always going to be, you know, 
roses and peaches and cream. You know, sometimes our story, and most oftentimes, it will cause a little friction, but just never mind that. Thank you so much, Adrian, for being on the call tonight. It was truly, truly a pleasure. And if Adrian said something tonight that resonated with you, please find our podcast on changingmindsonline.com. You can also find it on Stitcher, Tuned In, and, of course, our YouTube channel. So, Jessica, do you have some parting words before we end? Adrian, I just want to thank you so much for being on the call. It was amazing, and I'm really just excited that all of our listeners now have some ways that they can go and create a legacy in their lives for the people they care about. So thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Again, thank you very much. Absolutely. It was our privilege and honor. And, you know, I just want to always, I always end our calls the same way, and I just want to thank our audience for calling in tonight and listening to this this call in podcast mode. You know, we love you guys. We do this for you. We're so grateful that you allow us to be part of your journey. So on that note, God bless. Make it a really be with you on Sunday for our Empowering Faith series. Have a great night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everyone.